please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The psalm we heard today is one of my favorite pieces of scripture. It depicts such an intimate relationship with God. God knowing our thoughts, our ways, our words, our hearts. God with us no matter where we go. If we long for intimacy with God, these words are inspiration and reassurance. I hope that in a sermon I might speak to the ways we know God and are known by God. I hope I might speak to the intimacy of that relationship. But in truth, I think the sense of the Holy One that we find in this psalm is better conveyed by a poet than a preacher. A poet, or maybe a painter, or a piece of music. So often, that presence of the Holy One is best sensed through a time of closeness with another person, or the way we are touched by a song, or touched by a breeze. I love the intimacy of this psalm, the intimacy between the human speaker and God. It fits with how I experience God, not that I'm able to feel that intimacy all the time, but I sense a sense of personal intimacy with God is part of the essence of my own spirituality. When and how do you experience the Holy One? In a sermon a few weeks ago, I said that people of faith can have diverse understandings of what we mean when we even say God. And more specifically, Christians can have diverse understandings of what we mean when we say God. Some of us see God more personally as somebody, though of course a somebody vastly unlike any human somebody we might know. Some of us see God as spirit in ways that are difficult to personalize, and some of us see God as something more like a vast and complex energy. This week I was remembering what I said in that recent sermon because I expect that we will hear or understand or experience today's psalm quite differently depending on how we understand God. A very common widespread way to imagine or understand God is to personify God. We do that every time we call God Father or Healer or Shepherd. Of course, we don't take these personifications literally. We know that God is so much more than Father or healer, or shepherd. But even to address God as you is to personify God. God, you have searched me and known me. And it is right that we personify God, that we address God as you, that we understand God as one who listens as we pour out our hearts. Theology is a field of study that attempts to describe God and religious truths in ways that are fairly analytical. But in my experience, we can see ways that a theologian's personal faith or spirituality shines through even analytical theological writings. Marcus Borg is a present-day theologian, and he writes about this tendency to personify God. 
He cautions against understanding these personifications literally, but he also says, addressing God as if God were a person helps us understand that God is not an it, not simply inanimate stuff. God is a presence, a you. We address God as you. And Borg is writing about the psalm we heard this morning as he writes this. God, you have searched me and known me. Who knows you best? Who understands you? Karen Horney was an early woman psychologist studying and practicing in the first half of the 20th century. She posed the question, why is it so unutterably beneficial the thought that someone besides myself knows me? Why is it so unutterably beneficial the thought that someone besides myself knows me? Perhaps this perspective from the field of psychology explains why the poetic phrases of our psalm feel almost like an embrace to me. God, you have searched me and known me. You discern my thoughts. You are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You are before me and behind me and lay your hand upon me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Perhaps the human longing to be known is what moved the psalmist to write this psalm, to imagine this intimacy and thoroughness that mark God's knowing of us. Paul Tillich was a prominent 20th century theologian who suggested that the Christian faith responds to the problems of human existence. Tillich also writes about this psalm. He uses the theologian's tools of analytical concepts, but almost immediately calls those concepts into question. He says that the danger of theological concepts is that they transform religious experience into an abstract philosophical statement, which invites argument and disagreement. He then says, let us forget these concepts as concepts and try to find their genuine meaning within our own experience. This is where the poet or painter offers greater gifts to our faith and even our theology than a theologian or a preacher does. This is where the experience of human connection better reflects the words from our psalmist. This is where the song or the breeze carries our sense of God, this God who has searched us and known us. Our psalm for this morning conveys the intimacy of a God who knows us. It also conveys the nature of a God who is everywhere. And this psalm always reminds me of that classic children's book, The Runaway Bunny, as you heard me say to the kids. The little bunny child tells his mother, I am running away. And his mother says, if you run away, I will run after you. She tells the little bunny that if he ascends to heaven, she will be there. Or if he makes his bed in Sheol, she will be there. Well, no, not really. She says... If he becomes a trout in a stream, she will fish for him. And if he becomes a rock high on a mountain, she will be a mountain climber who climbs to him. 
the psalmist asks, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? And answering his own question, the writer says that there is nowhere we can go that is away from God. There is nowhere we can go that is outside of God or apart from God. In the book of Acts, Paul is quoted as describing God as the one in whom we live and move and have our being. This sense of God's presence as something that always surrounds us and holds us fits with the psalm's conclusion that we cannot flee from God. And here again, we hear or experience these words and images differently depending on how we understand God. For me, this constant holy presence is different from the sense that air is constant in its presence. Air is present all around us, but in a way that is neutral and impersonal. The image of God's presence is instead an image of a relationship. Psychology suggests that we have a deep human need to be known. Perhaps the psalm writer and we personify God out of this psychological need. And yet, I believe there is so much more to it. That more is the expansive picture that might be conveyed by a poet or a painter or a piece of music. That more is the more we feel in, when we feel a sense of closeness with another person or the way we are touched by a song or a breeze. Or that more might even be conveyed by the analytical approach of a theologian. Marcus Borg makes clear that there is a gift in understanding God as you. If we understand God as a you beyond analytical concepts, then the practice of faith is about being in a relationship with that you, with God, with the holy. Concepts only ask us to agree or disagree. Ideas only ask us to believe them or not believe them. But the sense of the holy as one who searches and knows us, one who is present with us and one who sees our hearts, this holy one invites us into relationship. So may your longing to be known be met by the God who searches our hearts. May you find the conversation, the poem, or the breeze that reminds you of the presence of the holy so that you may sense God who is present with you at all times. Amen.